You're listening to the Rediscovering Biblical Manhood podcast. We're growing men who fear the Lord, but do not fear their identity in Christ. The enemy is hard at work in our fallen world. So come on, join us in fighting for the restoration of men's hearts through the church, the word, and our risen Savior, Jesus. Check one, check two. This is Chika and Jay coming back at you. Excited to be back on another episode, Jay. I'm going to jump into a prayer and then we're going to get rolling with the fruits of the Spirit today. So Jesus, we ask that as we unpack this calling to us, Lord, that you can fill us with the Spirit, that you can fill and clear paths that may be blocking our listeners' ears, Lord, so that we can truly find meaning in what this is and we can find your will in it as well. We love you very much. Amen. Amen. Jay, I'm excited to get started. So let's pick up where we left last week, which was the idea that if we've given our life to Jesus for salvation, why do we even need this fruits of the Spirit? I think the answer is fairly simple. We live in a fallen and broken world, and we have the opportunity to screw this up every day. I'll give you a good example. In the last episode, we were talking about this moment where I was doing something for my wife, and she commented, wow, that was really great. Like you really saw me. And, you know, for most of our marriage, you you wouldn't even have noticed that thing. Well, the very next day we had a conversation where she's like, are you even paying attention? What's going on? <laughs> you know? And and that's not a knock on my wife. Like I really wasn't paying attention. And so, you know, the, the, there's three things always coming to steal, particularly our joy, but many other things, right? The world, our own flesh and the enemy. And those three things are always converging in some way um, to still kill and destroy, as Jesus says in, in John 10, 10. So there's, there's just so much going on. We wander away. There's so, this great hymn that is like, return me to you, God. Like I wander away. I just wander off the path like a little toddler, you know, they're with you one moment and you look down and they've wandered away. Where are you going? Come on back. And God's got to kind of bring us back. Like, come on back, come on back. <laughs> the fruits of the Spirit help do that. So literally, the fruits of the Spirit, Jay, is what's happening to us when the Holy Spirit comes inside of our soul, and right, and comes alive. And, and that fruit is the product of the Spirit's cultivation of our character. And so just like you said, and maybe a quick recap for our listeners, the verse that we're working off is Galatians 5, to 23. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Uh, and so the first three, love, joy, and peace, really talk about the relationship to God. And we've decided to run through joy first because last week we were having an interesting conversation around happiness, Jay. For our listeners, when you think of joy, when you think of a child's joy, when you think of a spouse's joy, when you think of a best friend and joy, what comes to your mind? Now, if I press pause there and we separate it, think of joy spiritually and then think of joy in this world. And for me, Jay, there are two different reactions there. Uh, there's joy with God. And when I think about my relationship with God, and then there's joy when my football team leaves. And I think that there's clear distinction. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I would actually say you know, that joy you have when the football team wins, that's very fleeting, right? It's very, it's very based in what's happening in the moment. And the, the joy you get from being in Christ right? Like it sounds a little churchy, but this joy you get from being in Christ is much more foundational. And it doesn't just wander away with the next thing that hits you in the face. That's really what Jesus means when he says, build your life 
on a foundation of rock, not on sand. Because if your life is built on sand and your favorite football team loses, well, then did my joy just depart? And I think the distinction of definitions there too, are we talking about the world's happiness again when the football team wins versus joy? This week I was doing some reading and and saw that actually in the current world that we're living in post-pandemic now, uh, there, there was a study done on happiness, Jay, and go figure, everybody here in the US of A is not feeling as happy as they did two years ago. Oh, I can't imagine, why not? <laughs> How do you separate the, the chase after happiness versus being joyful? Or maybe we've got to do a better job defining what is joyful in this Well, you know, I, I think um, happiness is an inward-facing emotion. It's about me. And the fruit of the Spirit is really the outworking of how God wants us to approach the world. And right, these are, these are the embodiments of Jesus Christ. Jesus is love. He's joyful. He's peaceful. He's patient. He's kind. He's good. He's faithful. He's gentle. He has a lot of self-control. When we think about the difference between joy and happiness, joy is a choice we can make as we are leaning on God, no matter what's happening around us. So it's difficult if I'm facing something really tragic or rough in my life to be happy. Like I have to fight for that. But joy is different. You know, you know I'm listening, Chica, to this book called The Book of Martyrs right now. Man, it is a tough listen. It cate- categorizes the famous martyrs and, and not so famous people that were martyrs from really the beginning of Christianity on up. And And what's so amazing is how many of these people, particularly in the early centuries of Christianity and in the Middle Ages, when they were being martyred for their faith in the most horrendous ways imaginable, how joyful they were in the moment. And the Romans used to cook people mm. on a frying pan over a fire, right? Because they were Christians. And these people would take two to three hours to die that way. And they would go out expressing their joy for the Lord and their thankfulness to be able to serve him in this way. And I keep driving around, I'm listening to this and I'm like, what? You know, and I just keep thinking to myself, they have so much joy in Christ that they are willing and they are happy and excited. Not not like excited, like, oh, I won the lottery excited, but like so pleased to be able to serve Jesus with their life and be martyred. That is a joy that like, I'm not sure I even understand. Before the podcast today, I, I was looking for the Greek word joy and what, what is actually the etymology around that. And the, the Greek word for joy is chara, which basically means that joy is the natural reaction to the work of God, whether promised or fulfilled, like you just said. So this idea of coming out of the fire and still expressing joy for God's kingdom and his influence on earth comes back to that word fulfilled, which is different than happiness. And Jay, I know that in corporate America, you follow a gentleman like I do, a thought leader of our time called Simon Sinek. He grabs happiness and grabs fulfillment and puts them together and says they're actually two different things. He says that happiness comes from what we do, fulfillment comes from why we do it, and then scripture turns that all around and says that um, joy is the natural reaction to fulfillment. So I think there's another cool breakdown around the three words. I I think that's a wonderful analysis, Chica. You know, fulfillment is such a good visual for the fruit of joy, right? I'm fulfilled in God. And when we're fulfilled, guess what we do? We're full. So we give out to the world. We give out to other people. We give back to God because we're so full. And Nehemiah says this way. He says, the joy of the Lord is our strength. 
That's what Nehemiah says in Nehemiah 8.10. And, and just think about Nehemiah's life. If you don't know who Nehemiah is, he's a guy who had an awesome job working for the king. You know, he, he had a pretty cushy life. The Lord puts this visual on his heart of go back to Jerusalem because Nehemiah is, is Jewish. Rebuild the walls because my city is, you know, just overrun. It's just this incredible story of perseverance and what he has to do to make that happen. How can Nehemiah even take on such a daunting task? Because his fulfillment, his joy is in the Lord. So he has this incredible foundation of strength and he's able to give back to his people the outpouring of the fullness of the measure of God within him. So I think you just did a pretty awesome analysis of that. I love this idea. When I'm full up, I can't help but overflow. Now, the reality is that's true to the darker side of things too. If I'm full of envy, if I'm full of bitterness, if I'm full of hate, that's going to spill out of me too. And, mm. and really that's that's what we have to be on guard against. Where am I finding my joy? So if I find my joy in the world, things of the world, then when those things get twisted, like you were talking about, the, my candidate doesn't win, my team loses, whatever happens, out spills all this other stuff that in retrospect, we always go, oh, wow, where does that come from? Well, if you're, you know, it's it's the old adage, right? Reaping and sowing, you know, garbage in, garbage out, whatever you want to say. What is on the inside of us spills out of us. That's just that's just like a law of of this universe and God's economy. That's what what is inside of a man is makes him unclean. Jesus says, and that's what's going to spill out of us in the toughest moments of life. We interrupt this podcast with some glorious and praiseworthy news. Jay and I were looking at our statistics this week and noticed that we have crossed the 1,000 person download mark on the Rediscovering Biblical Manhood podcast. And we want to hear from you, the listener. So in the show notes, there is an email. We would love to get an email from you helping us understand what you like and what you'd love to hear in the future, as well as any feedback you have for us. And most importantly, when you close out this podcast before you shut down your app, make sure that you try and get in and rate this podcast on the app so that we can see a spike in our listeners feedback there as well thank you again warm hugs god bless and we are getting back into the podcast that greek word chara j is close to the other one charis which basically means grace or gift and so the normal response that having joy is because of god's grace is important to remember in everything you just summarized <clears throat> if i could turn a corner real quick something that i've been thinking about is when things don't go my way in this world am i okay and Jay, you know, personally for me, I mean, right now I'm in a turbulent time in my life, just like many of the listeners are professionally, where I'm trying to figure some stuff out. Um, but the joy knowing that I am not in control of this, the joy knowing that I've already been saved, the joy knowing that I'm I'm choosing to have faith that what is prepared in front of me is bigger than what I can control is that kind of chara that we're speaking to. This idea of pain before ultimate joy. Jay, if I could just for a second read another scripture that, that I was looking at. It's in John 16, where Jesus says, truly, truly, I say to you, you will weep and lament, but the world will rejoice. And we could spend time on there. Uh, you will be sorrowful, but your sorrow will turn into joy. When a woman is giving birth, she has sorrow because her hour has come. But when she's delivered the baby, she no longer remembers the anguish for the joy that the human has been born into the world. I think that's really important to remember as we step day by day, Jay. We are going to come up against the pains, maybe not the pains of childbirth for you and me, but we are going to be in pain. But at the end, we have to also be prepared. The joy is right around the corner. 
Yeah. And again, that's a choice. I'm reflecting on your own life and I've been able to watch what you're walking through. And the reality is you're choosing every day to be joyful. And I'm observing that. It doesn't mean that throughout the day, you don't have moments of doubt and you know, you wait, you, you turn a corner and you're like, oh wait, oh my gosh, this thing is really happening. But then you choose to move back to God rather than choosing to move to fear or anxiety. And that that is the Christian life. We talked about how offense is a choice. You know, Jesus was pretty unoffendable. In fact, the only time he really, you see him get even close to what I would call offended in the Bible is when he's clearing the temple, right? And sometimes he gets what appears to be a little offended when the Pharisees, were, like he wants to heal someone on the Sabbath. and But he's under complete self-control when that happens. And then he goes on to do something to make a point because Jesus knows who he is. His joy is complete in the Lord. And like when I've been observing in your life, this joy you have been able to find in this hour, Chica, that that speaks to the work you've done choosing God. And so I think I think that is that is what I would hope people, you know, walk away from if they're listening to this is that. I'm using my air quotes, but nobody can see that. I can choose where <laughs> I want to find. I would choose where I want to find my strength and my peace and my joy. Do I want to find it in the things of this world, which are fleeting, mm. and will always fail us, 100% of the time. 100% of the time, the things of this world will fail you. Or do I want to choose God, who's the Bible says never changes. He never same today, yesterday, and forever. Well, thank you, Jay, and I've appreciated your support in this walk. And you bring up a couple of points here where, and I'm thinking back towards the holiday season that we just came through. Uh, but the worldly stuff, complaining, critical attitudes, worrying, dread, regret, negative thinking, entitlement, hurry, you know, loneliness, burnout, all of the things that we review as we want to step into the new year, guilt, uh, neglect, people pleasing, all of those things, Jay. Let's talk just for a second about stealing joy, because we know, as you just said, somebody is waiting around the corner coming to devour us like a lion. You got the enemy ready to steal from you. You got the world ready to steal from you. And then our, our own story seeks to steal from us. You know, the things that have happened in our lives, you know, what we're up against when we're trying to choose joy is our own story, right? What traumas have we experienced? How are we wired? You know, I, I'm a guy who's just wired. You have ADD, if you couldn't tell from listening to this podcast, and I've suffered from clinical anxiety in the past and some other things. And so you know, it's super easy for me to turn to fear and anxiety and freak out and control. And like, that's really, really easy choices for me to make. It's much more difficult for me to choose joy in the Lord. Like I've had to learn and train and, and I'm still learning and training every single day. You know, if you're a believer, if you're a Christian, and most of the people listening to this podcast are really, that's who this podcast is aimed at is, is believers. You know that there's a war going on. It's an invisible war happening all around us. And, and that army is trying to steal your joy and steal everything else in your life all the time. And they use the systems of this world to do that. And they use your own story against you because they know your story. And so they try to use it against you. Those are the things we have to be looking out for when we're seeking joy. And here's the deal. The more you seek joy, the more those systems will come against mm. you. They don't want that for you because when you are finding your foundation in Christ and, and you're joyful, it starts to spill out of you. And suddenly we're back to the Sermon on the Mount, like we talked last time, then you will start to reflect the light of Christ so brightly. It will just see your people's eyes and they will want to come and understand what's going on in your life. And you won't preach to them and you won't be pious. You'll just be like, oh, this is just the outworking of my walk with God. Just like joy is a choice, giving joy away is a choice. And then you end up falling into the works of the flesh, Jay. 
things that we spoke of in the past, like medicating ourselves through alcohol or escaping into certain things that we know of this world we should not be doing. And so I really am pleased that in the walk forward, as much as you can choose joy, you can also therefore choose against the enemy trying to steal that joy from you. Which only builds the joy in you. And so as we're coming near the end of our time, you know, Chica, there's two resources that I found really, really helpful as I've tried to understand this better. Uh, two little books, interestingly, very old books. Like back, one of them is hundreds of years old. The other one was written in the 20s or 30s. The first one is called The Game with Minutes. We'll put this in the show notes by Frank Laubach. And the second one is called Practicing the Presence of God by Brother Lawrence, who was a French monk hundreds of years ago. And what's interesting is both of these men talk about trying to just stay in Christ throughout the day, thinking about Jesus, thinking about God. And what it does is it almost kind of just resets you in the moment. Boom, boom, boom. Reset, reset, reset. And it's pretty challenging to do, but as you practice it, like anything else, it gets better. And suddenly you find yourself praying while you're in the middle of a meeting. You find yourself praying. And so I hope that's helpful for the listeners if they choose to, to seek those resources out. But just throughout the day, trying to take moments and breaks. John Eldridge has a cool app called the Pause app. You know, just resetting with God throughout the day. You'd be amazed at what a 10, 20, 30, 50 second quick pause, quick recentering God can do for your life and for reclaiming your foundation in joy. It's just incredible to me, you know, trying to think of God, you know, in, in the game of minutes, he tries to think of God one second in every minute, right? Or practicing the presence. Brother Lawrence talks about, I do everything I do to the glory of God. I'm making bread. He was a bread maker. John Eldridge says, hey, at 10 o'clock and two o'clock, just pause for 60 seconds. The Chica Awkward one is take a deep breath in through the nose, out through the mouth, look up wherever you are at the ceiling and or the sky if you're outside and just say three words, I love you, Jesus. And that for me has just been such a great internal reset to find him again in everything that I'm trying to do. That's a beautiful one. Lord, we do love you and we're thankful for the technology to be able to just talk back and forth about you, whether anyone's listening or nobody's listening. This is a chance for Chica and I to celebrate our walk and our own personal growth in Christ and how we want to transform as men. The whole point here, Lord, as you know, is to rediscover how you want men to be in your image. We're uniquely made as men for a purpose in your world, and we want to fulfill that purpose. So my prayer is that everybody listening to this podcast, man or woman, is growing in you, that this is edifying for them and is helpful in some way, even in a little way, Jesus. That's my prayer. I know that's Chica's prayer. And we do all this for the glory of God. It's in your name that we pray, Lord. Amen. If you're a regular listener, I would love for you to just, when you hang up, go and rate us real quick in whatever app you're in. Uh, so that can continue to spread the message that we're trying to bring. Take a breath, look at the sky and say, I love you, Jesus.